0: Hey, Playmaker, before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to share one quick thing with you because it's super time-sensitive. So if you're listening to this episode as it gets released, there is still time to sign up for my annual five-day Validate Your Business Idea Challenge. So if you are still in the planning phases of your indoor playground... I want to invite you to head to the show notes and learn more about this once per year opportunity to work with me and go through my proven five-step framework that has helped thousands of prospective owners walk away with complete clarity regarding not only if an indoor playground will be sustainable in their area, but also what type of space they should seek to open for maximum profitability and competitive advantage. To learn more about what we will be learning each day of the challenge, how you can join the online community just for challenge participants and more, head to the show notes or simply go to com slash validate. And as a quick note, if you're listening to this episode after the 2023 challenge wraps up, that's okay. You can use that same link in the show notes to get access to the challenge content or sign up for next year's challenge. I will see you there. If you're in the play and party business and you wanna operate with more ease and joy all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana for small but mighty tips, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. All right, playmakers, happy Wednesday. So I just have to say thank you so much for all of the love that you showed. My most three recent episodes all about summer camp. We talked about designing a summer camp program, choosing themes, we talked legalities, we talked about marketing and promotion, and we talked about executing the camps in a way that brought so much joy to. Parents, campers, and staff alike. So, I just wanted to say thank you. I got so many DMs saying that those episodes were exactly what you needed to really light that fire under you and start planning and promoting. And that makes me so happy since early promotion is one of the keys to success for a summer camp program that I mentioned. In those episodes. And that's honestly the entire motivation behind this podcast and why I created it in the first place, right? I want to put you into action mode. So that just made my heart so happy. And I just wanted to say thank you for all of the DMs. I think I got a couple nice reviews from those episodes. So thank you guys so much. But since those episodes had so much information packed into them, I wanted to take a little break from all that practical detailed information and get back to the basics just a bit for this episode. But that doesn't mean that this is an episode you should skip because what I want to talk about today is honestly something I've put into practice in my own business, and it has really done wonders for my mental health and for my results in sales ultimately. So I really was excited to share it with you here. And, you know, I don't pull this line that I'm about to often. So when I do, I hope you know that I am very serious about it. But I really want you to stick around until the end of this episode. It's not one of my longer ones, I promise. And no, there's not an announcement or an ad or a plug or anything I'm trying to sell at the end. There is just a very, very important takeaway that, honestly, I was only able to really understand having the experience and hindsight I do now, which makes it all the more important for me to share it with you if you are listening to this while you're in the thick of it. So if you're actively operating your indoor playground space or if you're in the planning stages, so please make the time and make sure you stay until the major takeaway I share at the end because it will really help you actually walk the walk with this strategy. And full disclosure, a lot of this stuff I wanna talk about in this episode, you likely already know, especially if you've listened to episode 34 of my podcast, which I'll link in the show notes, where I talk about hiring a manager or a team lead, Or if you've listened to episode six of this podcast, where I gave some of my best strategies for responding to negative online reviews and criticism, but sometimes we all need a little reminder, right? I know I do. And honestly, the inspiration from this episode was myself literally doing this just the other day. So I want you to picture something for me. Now, don't close your eyes if you're driving or, you know, anything like that to do this exercise, but just picture this for me. You're super overwhelmed from a full day of busting your butt to manage team members, run errands for your indoor playground, schedule cleaners, and order items for your parties coming up, and you love what you do, of course, but man, it gets exhausting too, am I right? Then again, after this full day of working for your indoor playground, whether you're physically in your space or not, you do the whole dinner and bath and bedtime dance with your kids or whoever you have, you know, waiting at home for you. And you just want to curl up on the couch and watch your favorite show. And that's when it comes an email or a review from a customer. That's not really nasty, but it's not nice either. It's not going into that, you know, love notes folder that we talked about early on in my podcast episodes. Maybe it's asking for a discount because your party prices are too high. Or maybe someone noticed a singular dust bunny under one of your tables and wanted to alert you to your unsanitary, and I'm doing air quotes right now, unsanitary facility. Or Maybe it's a member looking to cancel because a new library or museum is opening in town and they say they'd rather play for free or very cheap. Or maybe it's a party client leaving a less than stellar review because they were not totally thrilled with their experience. Whether, you know, whatever this email or message or review contains, it puts that hit in your stomach, right? Your heart just sinks just a little. Even though it was anything but a personal attack on you or even your business, it could really be, you know, just some honest yet negative constructive criticism. It kind of feels like you're under attack in that moment, right? When you first open it, when you first see that one star, or when you first read those words. So you set your mug or drink down and you furiously start crafting the perfect curated response, right? Of course, you're using my tips about responding from, again, back in episode six, and you're being kind, and you're coming from a place of education, and maybe you're even starting with a templated response we prepared back in episode 10 of this podcast, where we talked about creating standard operating procedures. So for example's sake, let's say they're saying that your party prices are too high, and they're wondering if you have any discounts or cheaper options available, despite already looking at the clearly laid out pricing on your website, or you know, maybe they commented that you're too expensive in a group. So you craft that response, you explain why you charge what you charge, you list out all the valuable features included in your parties, you offer maybe some cost-saving cost tips or point them to a blog, everything's all good, right? but you just can't help yourself. You need to add in that one extra line that really serves as sort of a backhanded rebuttal to whatever it was about their email or message that just triggered something inside of you. Maybe it's saying, well, we understand that not everyone can afford our parties and that's okay. We charge what we charge. Our prices are our prices. Or maybe you want to say, if our values don't align then we not we may not be the best venue for your event or maybe you want to say you know what our party calendar is actually booked up through march or you know through june if you want to you know exaggerate just a little to really drive that point home that hey other people are willing to pay so if you're not don't waste my time you know whatever the case may be you know whatever you want to say just to let them know that They're wrong, right? And you know what you're doing and you know better. Or maybe switching gears, that person is writing to you about a complaint about cleanliness during open play. And, you know, after reviewing the footage or talking to your staff, you are so tempted to say something like, well... You know, I happened to notice after reviewing our video footage that you did not alert a staff member to this, and we would have really appreciated the opportunity to correct this in the moment. Or, you know, I noticed you, you know, did not lean down to look, so I'm really unsure how you could have seen that one singular dust bunny under that table. Or, you know, I noticed you spent a lot of time on your phone and, you know, here at Blah 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 Play Cafe. We depend on our parents to be active partners in cleanliness. Maybe next time you could play alongside your child as our rules suggest or require. And honestly, I'm not pulling these responses like out of nowhere. I've either been tempted to say all of these things or I've actually read all of these responses as I go through Google reviews or Facebook reviews from actual indoor playground businesses. Or going back to the previous previous example I mentioned, maybe it's a party client leaving a negative review or making a comment in a Facebook group that they just didn't have a great experience at your facility, and maybe they're cautioning someone against booking you. Your first response might be to combat this by noting their own negative behavior or maybe some negative behavior from their guests or talking about damage they caused or Maybe the fact that they arrived late. So, of course, they felt rushed, or maybe that they didn't totally read the party communication that you had sent them prior to the date of their child's party. For some reason, I, you know, those are the examples that I just came with because in preparation for this episode, like I said, I did comb through a lot of indoor playgrounds reviews and their responses. But if you're listening to this podcast and If you're an indoor playground owner who deeply cares about their business, I know that you know what line I'm talking about. The one that you are so tempted to put in and, you know, maybe you ran it by your spouse or a friend and said, you know, is this too mean? Is this too crass? Is, you know, this too unprofessional? How does this sound? And, you know, because they're your friend or your partner, they probably validated you and said, you know what? You're right. You know, you should stand up to them, you know? That one line that, again, delivers some sort of jab to the customer or discredits or invalidates their experience or credibility in some way and lets them know, again, that we as owners know better and maybe even makes them feel a little silly for even reaching out with this complaint or suggestion in the first place. Again, that line that makes you feel better in the moment Like, you know, like your Al Woods and just delivered some sort of closing argument in court that's that dismantled the prosecution's, or in this case, the customers' entire case against you, or in this case, your business, or you know, the client in this metaphor. So, you know, we're not in court here. So, I don't know who is listening that needs to hear this. Maybe it's you. But delete that line you're second-guessing before sending it. I don't care who told you that you're right and that you should stand up for yourself. Delete it before sending it. It may make you feel good or assured or righteous in that moment, but I promise you it will eat away at you and it's not going to feel good after a while and this is me speaking from someone who loves that email line that you know one two punch that says you know you're wrong i'm right this is my business i know how to run it i've gone so far as to screenshot emails or exchanges that i've had with customers where i seemingly you know quote unquote came out on top and shared these, you know, exchanges with friends or even on social media. And I've gotten a lot of, yeah, you know, you tell them, you, you know, stand up to those customers. But I'm telling you, even though it feels good in the moment, this is doing nothing but hurting yourself and your business and making you seem petty, unprofessional, and honestly, not to be trusted as a business owner. Because this is one scenario where that old saying is so as astronomically true people won't necessarily exact remember exactly what you said to them but they'll remember how you made them feel so if they read your response email or you know review response to what they might have thought was an innocent question or piece of feedback that you took as a slight or as you know a jab or a personal attack and if they read that response and they feel invalidated or discredited or attacked. I promise you that customer may say, yeah, you know what? I was looking at my phone a little bit or yeah, maybe I can't afford this party venue. They're right. They may agree with some of your points and you might be right, but I promise you this small victory will leave a long lasting impression on them and They will not only never return, they'll likely share this exchange with their friends and circles. And maybe they won't share screenshots, but they will say things like, wow, you know, just so you know, this owner is a little unhinged or unprofessional. Or, wow, this owner got really offended by this feedback. I wonder what's going on. Or, you know, this owner must really be struggling if they respond that way to customers. Or, man, I was just trying to help and they looked up. Video footage and that feels really weird and violating, and just taking it a little bit too far. You know, no matter how you spin it, and even if you're right, it's just not a good look as a business owner or as a leader in your community. And I promise you, these small victories that, you know, might make you feel better in the moment are anything but. We may feel so attached and deeply passionate about our businesses that we do look at these sometimes, you know, innocent comments as personal attacks. And we do often look at our businesses as an extension of ourselves or even as if our businesses are like our children. So if anyone even hints at negativity or doubt in our business or our offerings, you know, mama bear or papa bear just might come out. And our first response is often a defensive one. So again, this is your sign to delete that line or that paragraph, your second guessing before you send it or before you hit post. You're acting as your business when you respond to comments. So act like it. You can still provide some explanation or education and If you need to, you can delegate responding to these types of emails and messages like I recommend in episode 6, or if it's a public message, just simply ask to move the conversation out of the public eye and to your private inbox so you can ask some clarifying questions or get more information without having all these words plastered on the internet, which is forever. So you'll always feel a thousand times better if you keep it clean and simple and professional, even if a customer isn't right for your business. Simply just say, okay, best wishes. You know, there's no need to point out to them, especially, you know, why they aren't a good fit or why their reasonings are incorrect or why you don't agree with them, especially if it's public or you know, why canceling that membership or refusing to book that party might be a mistake. And maybe you listened to this whole episode and said to yourself, well, I don't do that. I'm just here to say, you know, good for you. You You're a lot more emotionally mature than a lot of business owners out there. But if the time ever comes where this desire creeps in to respond from that defensive place, I hope this episode takeaway pops into your mind and Prevents you from making a mistake that will hurt your business, your reputation, and your mental health. And as a side note, if you've been waiting for it, this now coming up is the big takeaway and truth time moment I wanted you to stick around for. I want you to try and explore what exactly is triggering you to even want to respond in that way, to put that extra little jab or that extra little line. In that email or response. So if someone is complaining about price and you immediately jump to the defensive or offensive, are you actually completely secure and confident in your prices? Do you know why you exactly charge the prices that you do? Can you justify it confidently and educate someone from an objective, non-defensive, professional place? If the complaint that triggers you or your anger response is about cleanliness, is cleanliness an area that's been a pain point for you? Have you been constantly catching your staff cutting corners and maybe you're even struggling to find good help at all? And this comment just pushed your frustration over the edge and now you're projecting that frustration onto the customer who has nothing to do with your internal staff struggles. If someone is pointing out a broken toy or piece of equipment that is maybe in disrepair, is it something you've been meaning to fix but haven't prioritized? And now you're kicking yourself since someone noticed it and called attention to it. And again, you're now projecting that you know self-frustration onto the customer. If someone in a mom's group is comparing your place to a competitor that you've been scoping out and again, not even really being nasty about it, Are you feeling compelled to respond because you feel insecure about your business's stability and sustainability? This is just something to gently ponder over the weekend, you know, over the next couple days, and every time you get that immediate urge to attack or defend yourself when you read a comment or message. Not only should we delete that line and avoid the practice of responding in this way, but we should also be constantly taking inventory about the deeper issues that may be causing that underlying desire to do so. By responding in a clean and professional manner, you can diffuse the situation and help the customer feel heard and respected and validated, and you can do that inner work to prevent that compulsion to even defend yourself or your business in the first place. I want you to get to a place where you are so secure in what you're putting out into the world and providing your community that you feel no twinge of anger when you get these emails or comments. And by the way, I know I said I wouldn't do a plug, but I do have an amazing guest expert coming up that is going to help us form that secure attachment style with our business. But this this episode is step one that process. So again, say it with me, delete that line. It's not going to serve you. It's not going to serve your business. Yes. That line that you're second guessing before sending that response or clicking post, you're going to feel better. You're going to feel lighter. You're going to feel more free. Again, take it from someone who has been there and who still needs this reminder all the time. All right, I hope you have a great Wednesday, Playmakers. I will see you right back here with more actionable business tips on Friday.